Well, good morning, church. My name is Shelly Zulsdorf, and I am the middle school director here. Woot, woot. It's the best job, I think, but I'm totally biased. Um, and I am so excited to be here this morning and being able to continue into our Digging In series, where we are looking at our prayer for Marin Covenant Church. And we are memorizing these verses together, and we are praying it over our church in this upcoming year. And what I love about this Digging In series is each pastor is just taking a little bit of the, the verses, a few chunks at a time, in order to let it really sink in deep. And I don't know if it's just me and maybe I'm just a little slow, but I like reading this way. I like taking my time uh, because I get to absorb all of what God has to say by going through the details of it to understand the fullness of what he's saying. And last week, Ben Kearns did an incredible job uh, reminding us of our posture with the gospel, that we are adopted children of God. And it's this important realignment for us to remind ourselves of that because it totally gives our whole vision and purpose for why we are the church. And I thought what he said was so good. And if you haven't listened to it, I want you to go back and listen to it. And I think this realignment is powerful, but as we become part of the family, we can easily slip back into old bad habits throughout our time of faith. And one of my bad habits within my family is my stubbornness. Do I have anybody else out there? Raise your hand if you're like, yep, I'm pretty stubborn. Anybody? Few, oh yeah, we got a few hands. So good. I'm not alone. That's good news. So here's what stubbornness is my bad habit that creeps in, in mostly around my family. Most people may not realize that. Uh, but the stubbornness, I believe, is a way that we try to display our sense of control. It's a way that we try to invoke that I am in control and I've got this. Think of like a little kid who throws a temper tantrum, right? Like you as the parent knows what's best for them, but here they are flailing on the floor, crying, freaking out. Adults do this too, so it's not just kids. But you are trying to tell people, I know what I want, I know what I need, I got this, I don't need you. And I do that a lot in my life. And I do that a lot with God too. I do that in my faith. I do that with my husband, my poor husband. He had been asking for three years to rearrange our living room of which I was like, no, I did it. It looks great. It's perfect. And finally, a month ago, I let him rearrange it. And oh my gosh, it's way better than I ever could have imagined. We actually, the room feels bigger. Who would have known? But my stubbornness for three years held that back because I thought, I've got this, I'm in control. And as I'm reading this Ephesians passage that we are reading together and praying over our church, it has been challenging me in my stubbornness of wanting to control things by doing things out of my own strength. And so today we're going to look at the next five verses. Ben Kearns looked at I pray and the verses that came before that. But I want to look at these next, sorry, five words that are after this. But we're going to read the whole verse 16. And I'm only going to cover five of the verses and I want you, or five of the words. And I want you to focus on what's in bold and underlined. And Jeff is going to preach the rest of it next week. But let's read this. Ephesians 3.16. I pray that, that's what Ben Kearns said last week, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And so I just want to focus today on 
out of his glorious riches, because that's going to give us some perspective of where Jeff is going to move in next week with the rest of that verse. And I think it's important to realize this idea of glorious riches Paul has written in so many of his letters. He's written it in Colossians, Philippians, Romans. And by the time we reach Ephesians 3.16, he's already mentioned it four times, at least four times. I might've missed a few, but at least four times he's already mentioned it. And so I think he's really trying to stress something for the church. As this new community is emerging, where Jews and Gentiles are coming as one body, as one community, he is trying to give them a clear vision and mission for what God has called them to do. And so if we're going to live out of this place of glorious riches, we really need to understand and dig in deep of what Paul and what God is trying to remind us of. And so we're going to explore a little bit of what his glorious riches mean. And the first thing I want to talk about is his glorious riches come from Jesus within us. Jesus within us. So let's look at Colossians 1, 27. This is where I'm getting this from. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ within us is the rich gift that God gives us. It's the gift of hope where we have access to all of who he is. His resurrecting power and his whole character is within reach of us. And so this is his first gift to us. When his son died and rose again, and we say yes to that, we receive him within us. And that is good news. But to experience all of who he is, we need to be connected to him. We need to daily connect with him. And I think of whenever you get a new phone, which apparently people tell me I'm due for one because I have a seven. I think it's fine. But when you get a new phone, it comes to you and it comes in a box and it's basically like a brick of metal. Like there's really no life to it when you first get to get your phone. You have to plug it into its power source in order for this phone to turn on. And you have to do this almost every single day, or for some of you, multiple times a day to keep the charge alive, to keep the power flowing. And so this brick of metal moves from nothing to being fully active and working. And that's the same with us with Jesus is we, when we say yes to him, we receive him and he is always with us. But to be connected to him, to be able to be experiencing his power, to experience all of who he is, that means we have to daily connect with him and go to him, knowing that he is that first gift, that richness, that gloriousness that we need in our life, that we can't get anywhere else. And so when we connect to him, we begin to experience the fullness of his character. And so his glorious riches are God's character meeting us in our deepest needs and longings. His closeness and connection is a gift because we are then able to be vulnerable with him with what is going on in our life. And Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, for some of you, like, oh, all day. Like Jeff, he reads this and goes, all day. I love it. Me, I struggle. I struggle with this because it's so hard for me to comprehend. All my needs are going to be met 
okay, Jesus. Sounds great. My stubbornness coming out. But, and when I sit with it, it just feels too grand, abstract, hard to comprehend. How is he going to do that? What is that really going to look like? But that's why I wanted us to start with Jesus being our richness, being the best gift we could ever have. Because when we remember that he is the one who is glorious and rich, we're able to see his presence and character is the greatest richness we receive throughout our lives. When we do what Ben Kern says and we kneel down and pray, we are surrendering saying, you know what is best, Jesus. And through scripture, we know that his character is rich in love, grace, kindness, wisdom, forgiveness, goodness, hope, peace, healing, presence, mercy, strength, just to name a few. I made as big of a list as they would let me. But his richness, his character is full of all of this. But I think for me, I feel a little uncomfortable with bringing all my needs and trusting that God's character will meet it because I'm stubborn. Because I'm stubborn and in my stubbornness, I tend to avoid bringing anything to Jesus. And I think it's because I've been conditioned by this world to say it's by your own strength, you figure it out. It is by your own strength. And so I tend to think I've got this. I don't need help because I've been conditioned to think that way. And I'm afraid of being way too needy. And so I hold back. But I'm reminded that God sent his only son to this world because he knows how much we need him. He saw our neediness and he came down to us. He knew we couldn't go to him. And so me and my stubbornness isn't going to create control that I think it will in this chaotic world. And as uncomfortable as it is, he wants us to go running to him first. First thing that we do in order to experience the fullness of his character. And he offers this daily to us to go running to him, to experience his character, to experience all of who he is. But I think one of our habits is we tend to stop running to him. We tend to stop running to him. And maybe we ran a lot to him when we were really struggling or when we were first starting to follow Jesus. And as we went along in our faith, we're like, man, I'm more mature now. And then we start believing the lie. So I can do this. I've got this. I'm more mature. I have figured it out. And then we stop seeking him and his character. And we start relying on our own knowledge on what we know because we've been doing this for a while or because I'm good and life is easy. But he's asking us to daily come to him in prayer and to seek him because his riches are not a limited time offer. His riches are always there and always available. And so I want us to remember this because I think this is hard. This is really hard for me at least. Is his glorious riches are incomprehensibly unlimited. Ephesians 3.8 says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. I love that. Boundless riches, not something that we are at all used to because we are used to living in a limited world. Ourselves are limited. I mean, think of this past year. We have seen how limited we are. Our time just for some examples, our time is limited. Even though time never changes, for some reason, we always seem to be running out of time. We don't have enough time to do anything. It's like, ah, where did the time go? Like we have this limited amount of time that we realize or our patience 
is limited. Snaps for parents, you guys have seen this tested over and over in this past year. And not just them, anyone. We see that our patience is limited when we try to go out of our own strength. We can only give so much. Or even more, our money is limited. And praise the Lord for how he has moved within our church to continue his mission and vision. But our money is limited in this world. And as a staff, we were talking about this passage and Jeff brought up the, the mega lottery, which was what, $750 million, which to me, I will never see that amount. Like that's the biggest amount. I'd be like, no, that's unlimited to me. But it is, it's limited. And someone on our staff named Daryl, who is our tech director and facilities manager, he brought in a perspective that was mind-blowing to me. And this is what he said. He said, $750 million, if you wanted to be generous to everyone in the United States, so just the United States, one country, Daryl calculated out that you would only be able to give two or three dollars to every single person. That is so limited. Even though I think 750 million is so much, it's limited if you wanted to be generous to every single person. And what I love is I want to quote Daryl a little bit because Daryl, I thought, was brilliant in his reflection on this. And this is what Daryl said. God's wealth is unfathomably huge that he can give generously to every single one of us and not have to ration out what he can afford to give to each one of us. He has enough. Daryl, that is brilliant. Like that preaches all day. God is not rationing his riches. There's none of that happening. And I think that is a word right there for us to remember because we live in a world where we experience limitation after limitation daily in our life, but God is not limited. He is working and he is not rationing out. As I've been trying to understand his glory searches, it's actually been a year journey of me of understanding what blessings are and God's blessings in our life. And I've been reading for a whole year because I'm a slow reader. I've been reading a book called To Bless the Space Between Us by John Donahue. And here's what he says about our limitation. He says, to be in the world is to be distant from the homeland of wholeness. We are confined by limitation and difficulty. When we bless, we are enabled somehow to go beyond our present frontiers and reach into the source. A blessing awakens future wholeness. I love that because we live in this world where we are craving wholeness, where we are craving God's unlimited glorious riches. And so out of God's goodness, he wants to constantly bless us with his glorious riches, with all of who he is to each and every one of us. And that is what gives us the strength to keep moving forward and to keep growing because we live with hope that the future one day of redemption is wholeness, is fullness, is all of who God created us to be. And so we live in this limited world, but with a hope of God's unlimited resources, of his richness in our life. And he is not going to ration that out because he wants us to experience here and now his glorious hope of what his son has done for us so that we may experience here and now his fullness of that hope. And so that's why Daryl's word is so good because he is not rationing that out whatsoever. He wants to give all of it to each and every one of us. And when I think of this, I want to come back 
to Ephesians 3.16. I want to read this again with all that in mind. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And so daily we are praying out of his glorious riches, which is placing where we know who he is and, and he meets our needs with who he is. And so this reminds me, whenever I think of this, this reminds me of the Lord's prayer where Jesus teaches us to say, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Like Jesus taught us that we are needy and we need his glorious riches every day. We need him in his fullness, his character every single day. And if we are going to be kingdom people, then we need to surrender on our knees, bowing down to Jesus saying, that we trust you, that you can meet our needs with all of who you are. And what I love is when I do the Lord's prayer, and I might've said this multiple times, I slowly read through it. And each phrase I pause and I reflect on maybe what the Lord's teach me or what I need. And when I get to give us today our daily bread, I sit there and I say, what do I need in God's presence today to give me strength to move forward? What do I need? And I want to put that slide back up of his glorious riches. I want to put this up do, because I want you, when you think, give us today our daily bread, do I need his love? Do I need his kindness, his wisdom, his forgiveness, presence, strength? Thinking of what's going to happen come this week. We pray to lament and we've been worshiping God through all of this. What do you need of God's character to be able to have strength to be able to move forward and experience that fullness. And so we have a daily choice to go to him first every single day, to go to him knowing that our strength is based on his character and who he is, and he is not going to ration that out whatsoever. So with this next song, I want you to take a time, a moment to sit and think, I pray out of his glorious riches. And I want you to bring before the Lord your neediest of needs. Unravel that onion, unravel, get to the core of what your heart needs of who he is. And I want you to pray that. And I want you to worship in this next song, knowing that he is so good, that he is going to meet you in that with all of who he is, so you may continue to have hope. Let us worship. <laughs> <laughs> 